to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Habili off the seas out now. He puts a kick out. Croak is there against. Oh, Join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Yes, Canberra Raiders podcast time. Plenty to get through this episode. Well, I'm Raider Nick, Benny Pollitt, Tommy Logan. G'day, gents. G'day. Hey, Nick. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm fantastic. Look, there's uh, there's no rugby league podcast on the planet not talking about State of Origin, so we'll save some time and talk about uh, the origin. But before we do that, up against the Tigers this weekend. But uh, to come out of our wonderful win last week against the Dogs, 12 points to 10 at ANZ Stadium... Some more injuries, unfortunately. Corey Horsburgh succumbed to an elbow injury. Yeah, he's going to miss two to three weeks. So he's got a small fracture in his uh, his arm, in the radial joint, the bit that joins uh, the elbow to the arm. So uh, he's actually had the same injury before, um, and it's just a bit of a reoccurrence of that. So two to three weeks for Corey. Um, thankfully, we've got a bye uh, in two weeks' time. So hopefully he'll be back for that Parramatta game. Yep. Um, before we head into in another bite. That's right, in Darwin. Oh, so, I've had no luck this year. Yeah, so, yeah, the luck is, uh, you know, we're in round 13 this week, so maybe the luck will go the opposite way and we'll actually get some good luck. Let me ask you both. Start of the year, halfway through the season, Yep, we're coming fifth without Hodgson and the, I won't say a sprinkle, the crux of players and stars that we haven't had on the field. BJ Lua, rapper, uh, Johnny Bateman. Mm-hmm. And to be still sitting fifth... And still right up there, that's a pass. Yeah, that's it's great. a pass. It's a pass. You know, you, if you're in the top eight halfway through the year, it's a pass because you're in the top fifty percent. But um, I think uh, due to this, this, I mean, I'm always hungry for for more, so I want to see more wins and higher up the ladder, as all yeah. fans do. But considering the circumstances, as you mentioned, the amount of injuries we've had in key positions, um, multiple changes to teams week to week, uh, I think the guys are doing a wonderful job. Another player that's going to be missing some football is Hudson Young, put on report. Five weeks it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the opinion was varied right across the, the landscape uh, on this suspension. A lot of media pundits um, were calling it too harsh. Some were saying uh, it was pretty right. Now, comparisons to the Josh Maguire's one earlier in the season where he only got off with a, a contrary conduct charge and a, and a, and a fine. fine. Mm. So, you know, is there some inconsistencies in the judiciary process, match review process? I'm not sure that's a question for, for Graham Annesley and his team. But uh, in terms of Hudson, uh, the, the one thing that really went against him was the fact that uh, he did have um, a prior offence with some loading, and that, and the loading in these in these charges can really hurt you because I think you get for for someone who hasn't got any priors or any loading, you can you can save yourself twenty five percent straight off the bat. So he probably would have been looking at around three weeks with okay. some carryover points. Um, but so the harshness is a result of his loading. The harshness, harshness is definitely a result of his loading. Obviously, a grade three is not a great thing either. Um, mm. I mean, the, the option was there to, to take it to the judiciary and try and dispute the grading and, and maybe get it downgraded to a grade two. Grade two. But the, uh, the, flip side is, there, the flip side is if you mm. lose, it's like seven, it's roulette, seven yeah. weeks. So, um, you know, the decision was made. It wasn't made lightly. We had an extension until two o'clock on, on Monday to make the call. Um, mm. Poured over the vision, spoke to lots of people involved in, these, uh, in this type of thing um, and the decision was made to cop it on the chin. Um, Hudson needs to go away, learn from his mistake. Um, yeah. identify that he did the wrong thing uh, and get it out of his game because he's too good of a player to have that sort of thing in his game. Um, and I think that going forward, um, we'll see an improved player in him. Tommy Logan, Bulldogs team coached by Dean Poe, who knows the Raiders clipboard all too well. 
and it was a tough, sloggy game, an entertaining game of football. The ball was in play for a lot of the time, but how good was it to get the chocolates? Because if it's four in a row, no, no, no team song for four weeks, it really starts to hurt. Yeah, I was dreading the drive back, actually. I, I know Chan said it as well um, yesterday uh, during his media opportunity, but... I was, all I could think about was when the Bulldogs ran in those two late trials, I was just thinking, oh, no, I don't want to be Here driving back <laughs> with with the loss. But the fact that, you know, the team really, and I know this is very classic for me to say this, but they really did dig deep mm. and they, they got the job done in the end. Um, special mention, though, to Jared Croker. I thought his strip on, I think it was Aiden Tolman. Big play. I thought that was a massive play Huge that play. probably didn't get enough recognition, unfortunately. But, yeah, like you said, great to get the two points. It's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the – the fact that the ball's in play a lot. I, mm. I'd speak to, I was speaking to Nigel Ashley-Jones yesterday, and he said that that's the 20 fastest minutes of the season based on the GPS data. Wow. So he said that first 20 minutes of the game um, was the fastest game so far for us this season. So both teams came out of the blocks and really ramped it up for that opening. Uh, both with a lot to prove. Bulldogs obviously um, throwing a lot of traffic down our right edge through Kieran Foran. Yeah. Um, and, he was know, trying for Sammy, his team. He was. He had, he had an absolute cracking game for yeah. him. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. He was, he was yeah. probably yeah. in the top three players on the field on the night. And they've got players like Tolman who this time last year was prepping for an origin debut. You know, Josh Jackson has played Origin, so they've got some big-name players in there. Tolman was very strong for them. Yeah. I was looking at some of the numbers, and he ran for about over 180 metres for them, which is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, experience. And they only had Dylan Napa um, and uh, uh, Ockenbore were the only two. Sort so of, they had rhythm. They had, they had rhythm. pretty much the same. Yeah. So, you know, they, and they've been close in a few games too. So uh, it just goes to show there's no easy games in this competition. We played Team 16 on the ladder, but they, they turned up and gave us a hell of a performance. Well, so. the thing is too, the start, all of a sudden become a victim of your success at the start of the year and everyone lives now for the Raiders. You know, they're sitting fourth, fifth. They've got, you know, got strike yeah. power, attacking team. Well, there's, there's so many. It's going to be a tough run home. There's because no of easy game in the, in the NRL. In all due respect to the Bulldogs, it was weird to say this is a crunch game for us playing against the bottom team. But you could tell at the end with that big play from Chance where he carried that uh, Bulldogs player over the sideline, the celebration, how much that w- that win meant to the boys out there. It a did. couple of young fellas in there. I want to I say it was relief, but it wasn't. It was actually just um, a case of the boys getting into a group and say, well done, boys. We've, we've done our job. We came here to get the two points. Johnny Bateman comes back to a team. He's got an aura now. And I mean that seriously. He's a winner. In defence. In an attack, he just brings so much more juice and punch and go forward into a football team. And he was as much as, you know... He could feel the energy of the... He's just the guy. He could feel the energy of the group lift when they found out that he was going to play. It was just like the cavalry's return. And he's only 10 weeks in. That's right, yeah. What an extraordinary man. He's he's a a seasoned first-grade football player. He's he's an international. He's a a winner. He he comes here and he he comes with a proven record. And he, he lifts guys around him. I know that Elliot... And, and guys like that lift when, when he's on the field with them because they, they bounce off each other and, and energy they provide each other is, is a massive thing for the team. And I, f- I feel it in the press box as well. As soon as I saw his name confirmed for the team, I just li- I lifted myself well, we spoke and about it last felt a lot more yep. confident. We <laughs> spoke about it last week. We said, really? Good segue <laughs> into this week's game actually is that uh, it looks as though Jordan Rapana Wonderful. Uh, will be named, uh, or Rapana, I should say, named uh, to play his 100th NRL game. Wow. Uh, returning against the Tigers. And he's got an outstanding personal record against the Tigers. He scores tries for fun against them. So Excellent. let's hope that he can keep that rolling on as we head up to Bankwest Stadium to take them on. Well, let's have a look at this uh, potential team. No 
Horsburgh, obviously, so he won't be a starting prop. Right. We've also got Hudson Young, who was yep. a starting 13. He won't be there either. No, so Rapana will probably come back into the starting side based on uh, So based who misses on that. out? Bailey Simons has been, out, has been outstanding. Yeah, it could be Michael Oldfield. Could be, uh, Seb who, Chris will probably drop out of the side too because Nick Kotrick will be named Well, someone will be on standby centers. for Nick That's as well. right. We've got yeah. so many permutations that can happen because yeah. – Papali, Whiten and Kotrick will all be named in the team. Um, so Seb, Chris, Michael Oldfield, Bailey Simonson, all these guys um, have got to try and fit into one spot. So yeah. uh, we'll just have to wait and see as the week progresses um, and how guys pull up from origin, how yeah. we go and, and what we end up with in, in terms of a team. State of origin tonight, game one in at Suncorp Stadium. And sorry, Suncorp, I call it Lang Park during origin period. Gents, we've got three Raiders playing in there. Of course, Papali, probably first pick for the Maroons. That's probably no argument there. Nicky Chotrich or Nicky Cotrich, Jack Whiten. We spoke about last week how good it is to see Jackie Whiten for what he's been through, for what he's done, how he's worked on himself on and off the field. He's rewarded with a Blues jumper. Thinking about it today, he comes off the bench. Uh, where's Nicky? He's going to be under some higher balls. They're going to probably bomb him and test him a lot. First game to make your debut under those lights of Lang Park. Wow. I think Daly Cherry Evans will put a fair bit of Don't traffic towards him. Nick yeah. in the first half, and that's purely because he's a rookie. It's his first origin game. He's a young man, um, and the other two have, have been in that arena before. So I think the game plan is definitely going to be for Queensland to kick to his corner. Um, but Nick will be up for it. We've seen what yeah. he's done in his career so far for the Raiders and the strength and power that he shows coming out of his own end. Uh, we're not going to lose anything for the Blues with uh, Nick Kotrick on the wing, that's for sure. And I think... Um, I think he can really put himself down as a, a future superstar of the oh. game with a, with a really good game to, tonight and also a really good game, uh, a good series for the Blues. I think if Nick can do that, he can just take his game to the next level. 100%. There's always that sprinkle of players that are good players. And then after an origin experience, they come out great and they just go to the next level. You can see Nicky, even Jackie, what he'll bring back being our pivot. But things with Nicky, like you touched on it a few weeks ago when we had him on, he bypassed the whole Mounties system and went straight to first grade. And remember his round one game against the Cowboys when he made his debut? He handled it so well. He played like a seasoned campaigner. Yeah. That mentality that he has, that kind of ignorance is bliss. He doesn't overthink things and think, you know what, this is going to be crazy. He's going to go out and play his natural game. He's going to kill it already. I sat next to him um, uh, on Saturday night at the Bulldogs. He mm. sat next to me. We were in the dugout there behind where the team sits. He's so relaxed. Smiling. Even during the game where, you know, Obviously, he wanted to be out there with the boys and, mm. and, you know, was riding every play like everyone else, but he was just so relaxed about it. He yeah. just said, he just kept saying to me when he was sitting next to me, he goes, we'll win this. And he just he just had that feeling and I, I don't think that much rattles him. So in what stage the 14 in Jack White will be used? Obviously, if no one goes down in that back line, they're talking about he might be used as a bit of a, in the forwards there, like Peachy last year, like how Craig Wing has been known to in the past for, the, for New South Wales teams. Just his size. If he has to play in the middle, he'll have so much impact for them. Yeah, the thought of Jack coming off the bench in that sort of 14 utility role is really exciting. I will just personally, I'll, I would just love to see him just get out there and just run, just run straight and hard. And I reckon against probably a tiring Browns pack, he could probably break through and eventually yeah. do some damage for them. A big part of Jack's game um, is ability to to bring the ball out of yardage when yep. he played fullback in particular and, and even this year playing six. All right, gents, double prediction time. First of all, we just, we just spoke about origin on the back of that. Uh, New South Wales by how many? I think the Blues uh, will win. Uh, I think it won't be comfortable. Uh, six, I'll go by six points. I'll say something like uh, an 18 to 12 or something like that. 
I think there's a couple of tries in the game. Anyone to do something brilliant? I think Nick Kotrick will score a try on his debut. Uh, I think he's uh, he's got that ability. Uh, playing outside Josh Morris, Josh uh, Morris um, has got a good pass in his game. Yeah. So I think Nick to score a try. He'll feel comfortable having an experienced player in Morris inside him too, which will uh, make it even better. Tommy? Yeah, I think, I think Nick's also going to get a try on his debut <laughs> in, in Origin. But I actually, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think the Maroons are going to get up. What? I'm, I'm going to go for a 24-18 win. Where were you born? I'm, <laughs> mate, I'm as, I'm as blue as they come. I'm born in Wagga. So Cheers, I'd love to have you in the trenches. Mate, set, it up for, <laughs> set it up for a massive series, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think the Blues will eventually win the series 2-1. And I know that's an early call. The but coach just, whisperer. The, the, thought, the thought of <laughs> Cherry Evans and Munster in the halves genuinely frightens the pants off me. Yeah, and... Ponga, you can't forget Ponga what he can do. Yeah. He's, just, he's, just, he's got the same confident DNA that Nick, Nick, Nicky Chotrich. Speaking of that, I want to jump on the Nicky wagon and a try over him in New, New South Wales by eight. All right, back to round thirteen against the Tigers on Friday night. Let's do our crystal ball for the Behind the Limelight podcast. Uh, starting with you, Ben Pollock. What do you well, got for us? With Jordan Rapana or Rapana, I should say. I keep saying the wrong word, but it's Rapana returning. Uh, I think he's, I think he's good for a try in this game. Uh, he loves scoring tries against the Tigers, and he seems to lift when he plays them. Although he hasn't got his partner in crime, BJ Lailua, inside him, uh, I think if Nick Cotry backs up from Origin plays in the centres uh, and has a rapper outside him, I think uh, a try for, for Jordan could be coming. Tommy? Yeah, and I'm going to go with another Origin player coming back. I'm going to go with Jack. I've just got a feeling he's going to come back. Just a whole new, different player, having soaked up all the experience from Game 1 and, and his time in camp, and I reckon he's probably going to get a try, if not two. I'm going to say... Saliva Havili is going to play his best game for the club this week. You know, big responsibility there at nine. He's been there. He'll rise to the challenge for Robbie Farah, and I reckon he'll score a try, but have a really good game for a good Raiders win on Friday. Did Robbie night. make it back from Madrid yet? Well, that's a good thing. We're talking about that off air. Fair dinkum. If, 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 if he has a shocker, <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be some questions. Ben, Benji Marshall, though, gents, always pulls his socks oh, up against the Raiders. I don't to mention his name. I don't think he's ever lost against us. Is he? that the truth? I think I that's think it, even. I think, I think that's a real stat. In a Dragons jumper and a Broncos jumper. Yeah. I don't think he's lost to the Raiders. No. There's been plenty of climbbacks. Well, it's too. the first time for everything, and this is it. See you, Soliola. Thanks for joining us, mate. I know you're pretty busy, but uh, having a chat on behind the line. What first of all, mate? On an outside perspective, when you watch the Canberra Raiders of 2019 go around, changes defensive sticks out to most. Repeat set sticks out to most. What changed during Christmas for it to be like this? Uh, just implementing, um, you know, uh, real life scenarios that we um, probably fell short a little bit in the, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, setting up those structures and setting up those systems out there uh, during the off season, um, and just trying to simulate a lot of the things where we sort of went wrong and probably could improve on. Um, and you've probably seen it now, uh, the way it's sort of mm. uh, panning out uh, in those games. You know, a lot of those tight games. Uh, in comparison to the last, because there's lots of, of years. water cooler chats, and there's been two or three times this year, especially the game against the dogs. Yep. In all due respect, people are saying, "If this was last year, we might have got beat there." Yeah, that's uh, right. the dogs come back, and it was like, "Oh, oh here we go again." But mm. the great thing is that you guys went up on our level, saying, "Hang on, we better get back on task here and make sure the two points." What's that little crutch moment that make you that's changed from last year as well? That, that you kind of enforced during the game? Yeah, uh, no, it's. It's probably game management, game systems uh, that we've sort of recognised that, um, you know, where we need to be composed uh, in certain uh, under pressure situations, you know, and trying to simplify things and uh, trying to revert back to where we uh, were doing well and just trying to get, 
you know, more so in the headspace because uh, more or less we've we've had the group um, to put those put teams away in the past, but just never really got there. So. Uh, it's more of a mindset and mentality of, uh, you know, just really simplifying things and just getting back to um, what works best for us. But at the same time, um, understanding how each uh, individual works, mm. um, you know, in important areas like, um, for example, if I was uh, feeling a little bit um, different or under pressure, um, having guys sort of around you, um, supporting you in, in, in the right way. So you yeah. can sort of just brush everything aside. Um understand what's happened, acknowledging that, you know, what what's happened's happened and then just really moving forward in the best way for the team. What awesome. I love is the whole the squad mentality, I suppose, because it's not about the, the seventeen that are selected every week. It's about the whole squad because you've had your fair share of adversity. We've seen injuries mount up at this time of the year. We've just seen Hudson Young now out for a few weeks with suspension. So yep. you need to have that whole of squad mentality for this group to to keep moving forward. Yeah, that's right. And you've probably heard it in um, you know from previous um, teams, books, and podcasts, or whatever, you know that it takes a you know it takes a whole group to sort of um, you know win a win a premiership or a championship. So that's what we've um, we've uh, really based uh, a lot of our um, mindset around is just everyone getting everyone up to scratch. Whether it be the young boys, you know, just really getting up to scratch on where we need them to be and according to our standards, and um, just really getting the senior players um, at that level where we're just really consistent with it all. Personally, I love the way you're playing your footy. Um, I think you're playing just as good as you ever have, and it's a different role for you. You're not playing as many minutes, but when you no. come on, you're direct, you're to the point, you know your job. Is that something that you've tried to do, simplify your game a little bit? Yeah, Straight yeah. up and down now, yeah. Sam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe, I guess as you get a little bit um, little bit older, you just want to simplify everything and try and make things a little bit easier you know it doesn't really take take much to think about when you're just running straight up and down you are dead set heading down the path of Ruben Wiki though <laughs> Ruben came into the yeah. came into his career yeah. he played he played in the centers he, he found himself in the back row and then towards the back end of his career he, he ended up in the front row and well, that's where you are now well hopefully I can get a highlight that he did on me without sounding rude yeah. how old are you now uh, 33 this year. They talk about props get better with age. They start yeah. getting that hardened daddy body and they're just, um, you know, your webkeys of the world, your Lazarus of the world, they kind of got better with age. Talking about defence, obviously, you know, massive fundamental in the game. The team just looks so comfortable and so confident within each other now. Um, even if someone tends to like jam in on an edge, there's someone there to, to kind of close the door. What's the mentality on field now, it must be different to last year where you feel if there's a mistake made maybe in your own half or something, you think, you know, oh, we've got this, we can defend these sets. It just seems it seems so comfortable and so creamy out there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have sort of uh, mentioned it on, from the outside, whether it be supporters um, or, you know, staff members and stuff. It's just, um, you know, we're, it's cliche, we're really working for each other, but within um, our processes and, and whether, you know, everyone makes a mistake every now and then, uh, but it's how we respond to it. And um, more or less, um, when someone's sometimes makes a mistake, they're make, doing it um, out of their own goodwill. You know, they're, mm. they're trying to whether they try and change momentum or change the game. But it's about having guys around them that that can support them, whether um, things uh, work out for them or not on the field. Seeing like Bailey come out of the line to kind of kill that play a couple of times when he was short on an edge. They just seemed, the body language is so comfortable saying, yeah. here we go, another set of six, we've got this easy. No, that's and right. and, that's what and we've, been that's defending what we've them. Done. That's what we've done uh, throughout the off-season. Um, I mean, you guys are showing clips uh, just how hard it's been. 
um, you know, everyone everyone trains hard, but it's it's the quality that that we've um, we've put in this year. Well, you um, said it was a harder one at the start of the year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was really tough. And um, is that just an age thing, or was that just? <laughs> no, no, it's just it's it was it was fun, but it, it was different because it was you know um, we've. We've had a couple of seasons, like off seasons now where we've really grinded it out and everyone's put in the hard work, but it's mm. just that that um, that edge that we sort of needed to work on. You know? That so steely we, stuff, that steeliness. Yeah, yeah Talk, that's right. Talking about um, edges and, and things like that, we've obviously got a few guys in rep footy now, which is great for the club, but I just love um, the unsung heroes in the team. And I, when, it, when that comes to mind, I think of Dynamis Louie every time. What he's been able to, to turn up and deliver every week um, – professionally and, and what he gives the team it, it doesn't get a lot of accolades but for someone who who you know plays alongside him week in and week out what can you tell us about a guy like that yeah no he's um mate he's great he's he's awesome to have he doesn't really say much but when he does um it, it definitely impacts um the group in terms of um we know uh what he means and uh when he when he does talk um everyone takes it on board same as Papa and that as well, mm. uh, but mate, Nami's one of those guys that um, you know we we never take him for granted because uh, he he just does um, like he, what you spoke about the fundamentals really really yeah. well. Um, you don't have to um, you don't have to wo- worry about someone like Nami as well because you know that he's going to turn up week and week. That's out. right. Well, he didn't play any trials, and I thought at that time, you know, is this. Is, are they are they thinking you're going in a different direction? And then saw his name on the team sheet in round one, and he's for for twelve weeks he's just turned up and just put in exactly the same performance, solid performance every week. And like I said, he, he doesn't get the accolades he deserves, but you know he's an important part of this team, and I think that's what we've got a lot of. We've got yeah. a lot of these guys out there that are just doing their job, and yeah, that's that's, a, right. that's the main thing. He's Nami's the most improved player in the NRL by far, and that's that's why I've really enjoyed this year. Um, you know, with the inclusion of. Um, uh, Ryan Sutton's the same. Yep. You know, he's just someone that I mean, you just put him out there, and he just he just just does the job that we need. Um, and obviously, you know, um, he's made a really big impact this year with uh, Chance and um, uh, Johnny Bateman. Yep. You know, they've just they've just really lifted. Um, you know, the the intensity and the the energy of this group. It's been amazing having those two on board. I can't believe we're halfway through the season already. That game mm. on the weekend made it halfway in terms of the games played. Uh, where do you think we sit in this in the, at the moment? Are you, are you happy and comfortable where we are? Is there, is there some performances that you think we could have been better or do you think that we're, we're sort of where we deserve to be at the moment? Uh, look, I'm, I'm okay uh, with where we're at. Um, definitely not comfortable. Um, I'd like to be there in the top two uh, with the group. But, you know... Um, in saying that, the level of growth that we still have within within the squad, yep. um, it, there's a lot there's a lot there. And considering that we've we've had a few changes within the squad, I'm I'm definitely happy from um, where I thought we were going to be at the start of the year. I, I wasn't really sure how it was going to pan out with um, you know um, having a few movements within um, important um, roles there, but yep. man, it's just, it's just work to treat this year and everyone's just, um, just really fitted in quite well. And, and I'm talking about the young guys in that as well, with Corey, Bailey, um, Hutto yep. as well. They've just, they've just brought in a whole new depth and um, energy and um, just a different dynamic towards the group now. So yeah, you're the kind of guy that, that probably sees a little bit more than everyone else, a bit more three dimensional in, 
in your life, whatnot. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Jack Whiten, his yep. uh, way he's been going. What's it like being steered around by Jack? And obviously to follow that, um, you must be really happy for him to be picked to play for the Blues yeah, man. tonight. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of the boys. The development uh, in the man, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of him. Um, just from when I first come here, um, I heard a lot about uh, Jack when I first come here. And from the guy that um, I first met to the way he is now, man, he's, it's, it's amazing because he's just, he's a great athlete and he, he was, he's always going to, um, he was always going to make it in football considering just the, just the physical um, nature of him. Um, where where he stood within the group, I think that was um, sometimes you can, you can be too good. It's it's hard to see uh, where you sort of sit within the squad, but it's nice that uh, Jack's that good that he can shift from fullback to five eight so quickly and comfortably. Mm. That um, to, for us, um, you know, especially in the middle, um, Jack's been most impressive um, defensively. Like I know the attack side's going to come um, with experience and time, but um, man, it, it, I feel so safe um, having Jack on the edges, just really um, conducting us around. Um, he's just he's just been a real boss, and he's he's taken it. Um, you can see his confidence growing um, mm. from week to week, and um, you know the the control that they've given him um, with the you know his kicking game. Mate, that's that really um, helps helps the squad um, just feel real comfortable because it's sometimes you know in situations where you're sort of your backs against the ball sometimes and you get you get someone like Jack that Jack that can boot boot the ball right in the corner and chase his own kick and be physical enough to actually dominate blokes out there mm. um, by himself. Mate, it's for us. It's a, it's a huge lift and it's a great um, a great credit to Jack and it's it's, it's good for us as a. Uh, as a club, we'll see. We're going to let you go there. You've got uh, some recovery and stuff to get to before the the day's out. But I just have to mention, and we got brought up at the um, at your press conference this week. Your hair, how quickly <laughs> it's grown back. Yeah. I mean, when when did we sh- when was it shaved? Was it just uh, before November? November. November so it's been seven months, and yeah. it's it's dead set halfway back to where it was. Yeah, so you I'll haven't be- touched it at all. No, no, I haven't touched it yet. Yeah, um, no. I don't think I'll do anything. I'm too lazy to get it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'll let, I'll let it pan out. And the see. froze back. Yeah, that's good. We'll see how it all it's good goes. Good look, bro. No <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks for coming awesome. in. Awesome. No, thanks to me, mate. Awesome beer. <laughs> Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. Yes, this week we speak to a man who was an important part of the training innovations and coaching direction of the Canberra Raiders through his time at the club, especially in 1989. This week we speak to the guy they called Bomber, Sean McRae. First of all, Bomber, I want to ask you, there's a bit of a wives' tale going around amongst the players back then that you got the team to prepare at the AOS the heated rooms over there to acclimatise to that warmer Sydney sunshine late uh, late in September. Uh, that's true. Yeah, it's not, certainly not a wives' tale. Uh, <laughs> a, um, there, there is some truth in that. Uh, what we did, we sort of studied the um, uh, the climatic conditions in playoffs right. and uh, looked at the relative temperatures compared to Canberra. And as we know, Canberra has quite a lengthy winter period. It doesn't quite warm up. You just certainly don't get the humidity that you get in Sydney. And I just felt that 
experiences we had in 87, the 87 grand final, it was mm. extremely hot that day. Um, the 88 playoff series was quite warm as well, and we just wanted to be a little bit better prepared. So we did make use of the AIS facilities and, you know, put guys in um, a climatic chamber so we could control the the temperature and the humidity. Uh, they, they just did a little bit of extra work. I think we did it for around about a, a six-week period. Um, so we didn't overtax them, but, you know, it certainly helped them physically and, and, and it definitely helped them uh, emotionally as well, psychology, you know, from a psychological yeah. point of view. I spoke to Dean Lance a few weeks ago and he mentioned he was quite open. I'm not adding him in any way. He mentioned, yep, I got dropped. He went from captain to being put in reserve grade. How did you see – he found his way back, obviously, but obviously Tim Sheens thought now was the time to give Mal the captaincy. He's that natural-born leader. Did you see a shift in the culture, in the squad, in, in even the up-tempo brand of football that the guys played when Mal had the C next to his name? Well, I, I didn't see a huge difference in the culture. I think, I think what, what, what happened was I think it made Dean a better player. Mm. I, th- I think Dean was heaping a lot of pressure on himself. And you know there was a discussion around the table at, at one point with with a number of the coaches, and you know, um, and, and it was just a, a decision that Tim was probably thinking about for some time. And I think he was waiting for some again, some sort of yeah, boss. That's probably the right way to go. And it's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to drop a player. Yeah. It's also a tough thing to take a captaincy away from someone. Yeah. But I actually think it, it was the it was the you know, Dean was a fantastic competitor, great trainer. I just think the pressure of being captain probably didn't didn't help him. Whereas Mal, probably a little bit more laid back, probably you know a little bit more carefree, if I can use that term. But I want to use it carefully, if I mm. might, because I don't mean that Mal's casual, and you know he certainly wasn't that. But he was probably able to absorb a lot more pressure and sort of take it on a little bit more. And I and that might be the fact of what Mal had achieved in the game. It might also be the fact that Mal was playing in the centres. It wasn't in the in that sort of middle, you know, he didn't have to make, you know, 30, 40, 50 tackles a game and take a lot of hit-ups. And, yeah. you know, that's that, that may have attributed to, to, you know, Dean put a lot of pressure on himself because all captains, you know, whilst they've got the C against their name, they still want to lead by example. And, you know, I think you know Mal was certainly a guy who did that, and as I said, I think it, I think it probably did do um, a favour. The theme is that there was a really significant time at half time. Probably one could say that maybe you know had the better of the Tigers in the first half, but obviously the scoreline didn't indicate that. Mm-hmm. At six points to two, as you know, it was as we all know, Bomber conceding a try right on half time can really hurt, and I can't imagine how much it would have hurt on a grand final day. Twelve points mm-hmm. to two at half time. You speak to Lazo, you speak to uh, the Boxhead. They were actually quite openly saying, we're quite negative and a bit upset at halftime, thinking, oh, all this dream have come all this way, 87, here we go again. What happened there at halftime? And I probably can't remember the actual speech, but the, the vibe in the room to just go back out there and just to, to keep going, you know, and to stick with the game plan. What was the feeling like at that in the sheds at halftime of 89? Well, my memory of it, and you're right, it is a long time ago, 30 years, Um but, but my memory was all about reminding players about how hard they'd worked to get here, the fact that games aren't played over 40 minutes. A scoreline at halftime is probably the, the most, it's probably the least, you know, um, uh, statistic that you're really worried about. And, and I, I say, and I use that a lot when I coached, is that, you know, it, it's, it's a bit different if you come in getting beaten 40 points to nil and at halftime you think you can turn it around, it's not going to happen. Mm. But, you know, 12 points to two is... is, is, is it's not um, insurmountable in, in any way, shape or form. And I think we felt that Balmain had thrown a lot at us. And I think we felt that we probably hadn't quite um, 
put enough pressure on some of their players that we'd aim to do. And I think it was just saying, look, go out. If you're able to do this, get an even share of possession, if not a little bit better, that we think there's a time they'll crack. And we think that's a time where our, our fitness and the work we've done in, you know, in, uh, in the, uh, the chamber might, might even work and it might pay off for us. And, you know, and, and, and I'd like to think some of that did. The big move, the big play in that game was big Steve Jacko Jackson. Yep. Coming off the bench and jumping number 20, the opposition probably didn't see too much video on and didn't know what to yep. expect. Whose idea was that to put Jacko on there? Oh, it'd be Tim's for sure. I mean, I, I, again, I don't remember, but it would have been Tim's. And, you know, he may have been sitting next to someone who, you know, said, look, so-and-so might need a break or whatever. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the good coaches, the best coaches, probably, I should say probably all coaches, Nick, these days, we, you know, they rely a lot on advice from assistant coaches and mm. people who can see things because you can't see everything as a head coach. I don't care what anyone tells you. know, mm. uh, A manager in Premier League football, an American football coach, it doesn't matter, you know, and you go, go to our own game and in, in rugby league, you can't see everything. You need good people you can trust. And, you know, other people see things a bit differently. So, but ultimately, Tim would have made that call, you know. And Jacko was a very powerful player. Steve yeah. was a very powerful player, very quick, great footwork. Um, but a guy that probably wasn't renowned for work rate. And that's, you know, there's a reason why he, he probably wasn't a starter in the, in the site. Mm. He was always a guy that you could, you know, you could bring off the bench and you knew he could cause damage, you know. And, uh, well, he, he caused a bit more than damage. I mean, he's... If you speak to him now, Nick, I don't know if you've had the chance to. I've had many times. That, that, that try was like it's like a 400 metre run. You yes. Know, when you speak to Jacko about it, so but it was a wonderful um, time in the game, and it really lifted us and it just about cruelled um, Balmain. Bomber, there's something I asked the players that took part in that game. That performance was kind of like the start of the rock starship of the Canberra Raiders. You know that lots of players went on to represent their state and their country, and and yourself picked as in origin camps and and to run the Kangaroos and whatnot. Is there something you take out of that experience of '89 bomber metaphorically that you apply to your life today? Oh, preparation, preparation being paramount to performance. I think that was that's one probably how you treat people. You know, you you respect the principles of good citizenship and encourage others to do the same. You know, I think man management is a really important, people management is, is a very important thing. Um, and I think just being transparent, being honest um, and, and maintaining integrity in what you do. You know, and I know when you speak to players, as you rightly said, Nick, afterwards, you know, whenever we catch up and whatever, you know, the, the, the 89 grand finals gets a run nearly every time, you know, yeah. we talk about things and, and whatever. But the guys always talk about lessons that they've learned, lessons they took out of, you know, their, their preparation as athletes, um, how they became better, how they strove to, to improve themselves, not only as not only as rugby league players, but also as people. And it's wonderful to see how many people have gone on to, whether it be in, you know, politics, whether it be in coaching, whether it be in administration or, or in business, you know, whatever they've done with their lives. And it's wonderful to, to catch up and, and um, you know, listen to the stories and uh, and uh, particularly listen to Jacko again, because that, you know, that, that story... The story used to go for about three minutes. It now tends to go for about 30 minutes, yeah. so you've got to be a bit careful. You've got, to, you've got to stand next to a door to get out of there, Nick, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've been on the back end of many of those, but always love it. And always love talking to you, Sean McRae. Thank you very much. Uh, we could talk about rugby league all day. I know you still love the sport. I know you still love it and bleed green. Thank you very much yep. for joining us on the Behind the Lomart podcast as we go back in time to 89. My pleasure, Nick. Always a pleasure. Thank you. 